are tuned in for a Saturday scouting episode of the Chris and Joe Show. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Plum. Folks, you're probably wondering to yourselves right now, why are you listening to Chris and Joe on a Saturday? Well, today we decided we are going to start doing on a weekly basis. Not today we decided, but on a weekly basis we are going to start doing these conversations, talking about various draft prospects and also college implications that have an effect on the New York Giants. This is something that we've been pushing to do so and start discussing the NFL draft during the season as there are many headlines that swirl and change and go on throughout college football. So this is the very first episode that we'll be doing this. In today's episode, Chris, we're going to be talking about Micah Parsons, the Penn State linebacker. So the general idea, though, is to fill you in on things that are outside of the sphere of the NFL and also connecting it with college football. Yeah, you know, I, I just want to make this clear. We are not saying the Giants season is over. Time to look towards the draft. This is something we have been workshopping and working on really since the summer. You know, we really want to be able to take a look at the college game through the lens of the NFL and what better way to do that than the draft. As you said, our first subject is Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. And, you know, it really shouldn't be any surprise to Giants fans that we're focusing on the linebacker position right away because, well, the Giants need one. And Parsons is kind of the linebacker the Giants need, or at least the right type of linebacker anyway. And it's exactly like you said, Chris, this is something that if, if we could have started doing it before the season started or in week one, we would have definitely have done so. But we wanted to prioritize, obviously, talking about the Giants until we were in a perfect settled in position to start talking about draft prospects and also college football now is the time that we're doing so. And the idea is to not just talk about random prospects. If we wanted to talk about Trevor Lawrence, I'm sure we could spend a whole two hours talking about him and how he's going to impact the NFL draft. The important thing here is to talk about guys that are relevant to the Giants, the guys that fit very specific positions of need that we've talked about through uh, every single breakdown show and saying that the Giants need to fix this, this, and this. And the first guy I think that is perfect to talk about in this 15-minute scouting report episode is Micah Parsons, who, even though he's likely not going to play this season and is going to be opting out after he made a clear indication on his social media, Micah Parsons right now, Chris, might be the most complete linebacker coming out in this draft class. And he's a guy that can come in, step in right away, make an impact as a big, aggressive linebacker that is just 100% full speed downhill. Yeah, that is really his game. He has a very quick trigger coming downhill. He sees the offense clearly, and there's very little wasted motion, very little wasted time in his game. I like to use the term first step with linebackers, and it's a different first step than with an edge defender, even though it gets a little confusing because Parsons used to be a defensive end back in high school. But with him, it's his first step, the direction of it. It's very accurate. He almost always takes his first step in the direction of the play. So combined with his speed, and he is a very explosive athlete, that lets him beat blockers to their spots so he can get penetration, shoot gaps, and disrupt plays when he's going downhill. Or he is pretty good dropping into coverage, getting himself in the correct position, you know, playing at that second level. What makes linebacker prospects, I think, 
more complete than others is that ability to have a very quick first step. And the other thing that goes in line with that is limited hesitation. Sometimes you'll see with these college linebackers, they do too much when the ball is snapped. They're thinking a, a million miles per hour. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They're trying to read the linemen, the back, uh, the running backs, the guys around them, the quarterback, and sometimes they can overthink things to put themselves out of position. For me, when I watch Micah Parsons, I see a guy that – is very calm and concise with his decision-making. He's very close to the line of scrimmage. He plays up to the line of scrimmage, and then he reacts and finds the ball. I, I also notice him as a guy that attacks the hell out of rushing lanes and gaps. If there is room for him to squeeze through, he will shoot that thing so aggressively, so quickly, to limit as much possible upfield penetration from from a rusher. This is a guy that you do not want to be dealing with if you're a running back and you see him coming towards you 100 miles per hour. And one thing too, Chris, going along with that that full speed that he shows, he might not be a 4-4 guy or even a 4-3-8 guy like Isaiah Simmons, but he's still going to be very fast. He's going to run in that in that 4-5 range. Yeah, we you know, we were discussing this before we started and we kind of both like Luke Keekley as an athletic comparison for Parsons and you know with maybe some added mental development maybe even a complete comparison he probably has you know maybe somewhere around 46 speed but he has such little wasted motion he plays so fast that he is probably going to play faster than he times even though he is, as we've said already, a very good athlete. And you almost don't even need him to be in that 4-4 speed range. He's not like Isaiah Simmons. He's a completely different linebacker than Isaiah Simmons. Simmons was an extra jumbo safety that was moved to linebacker. This is a guy who was playing edge defender and pa- as a pass rusher who was moved to linebacker. So it's a, it's a bit of the opposite ends of the spectrum. So you don't need him to run in those 4-4s. Instead, you want him in that 4-5 range, but most importantly, just being so aware of where he needs to be. And I think, Chris, you brought up the Luke Keekley comparison, and it's not 100% mentally there, which is not a bad thing. He's not going to play this upcoming year. Keekley had more time in college because he didn't deal with the, the odd circumstance of COVID. So if he's a little bit behind in processing, I would say what he's shown on tape so far is very positive. You could bring him in rookie year and he still needs to learn some stuff. And also, in terms of what he does mentally, you see just a lot of stuff from him being very, very active before the snap. He moves around a lot. He moves his teammates around a lot. There were some plays, Chris, where I was watching him. He would line up over the center. Then he would go line up over the right tackle and make it seem like he was going to rush him. And then before the ball was snapped, he would still shift back to in front of the center. He moves around a ton, which I think is a very underrated trait for a linebacker to be able to move around like that and still know where he needs to be. Yeah, that gives offense a, offenses a lot to have to keep track of. He is very active before the snap in the pre-snap phase, like you said. And he does a lot of communicating with his teammates. You know, he he moves himself around. He moves his teammates around. So he's very engaged in that chess match with the opposing quarterback or the opposing offensive coordinator, as you know, as the case may be. And that mental game of his is really important and good to see for a college prospect because you know, there are a lot of college linebackers who there's wasted motion and then they basically just execute their assignment. They fly downhill or they, you know, they drop into coverage and they just do that. And 
they usually have a pretty sharp learning curve when it comes to the NFL where defensive schemes are so much more complex, offensive schemes are so much more intricate and you know really specializing in attacking individual players, exposing weaknesses in ways that college schemes don't quite do because well they just don't have the amount of time that an NFL team does, you know. Football isn't their job. They also have to be students as well. But having a prospect with Parsons' physical traits, you know, his size, his athleticism, who also has that same mental acuity at the position, yeah, that's a guy who can step right in. I also really like about Parsons is his ability to stack and shed. That's something that we talk about a lot with linebackers when we've evaluated them on this show. And Parsons has to be one of the best we've seen. Now, he's a little inconsistent that you've noticed, Chris, in some of the games that you watched, but one of the best descriptions of his ability to stack and shed came against Minnesota. So Daniel Falili, their right tackle, is about 400 pounds. He's about six foot nine. He is a behemoth of a right tackle. He's someone I hope that we will get a chance to bring up and talk about because he's a very unique prospect if the Giants are still going to be looking for some additional offensive linemen going forward. But that being said, there was a play where I watched him completely fully extend on Falili and then disengage and make a tackle. He did it as if it was a, you know, a simple task, as if he was pushing off on a, a blocking sled. Being able to do that against a guy that's 400 pounds coming downhill on you is not something that can be easily done by most linebackers. That is a very, very good play by a guy that is still developing an ability to stack and shed the offensive linemen. Yeah. And that, as you said, the developing ability, you know, it's there. You can see that he is capable of doing that. And if he can do it against a dude who's 400 pounds, he can do it against a guy who's 300 pounds, but I would like to see him be more consistent with it. Yeah. The against Iowa, I saw him shoot a B gap and it almost looked like he was using a rip move, which again, makes sense considering his background as a defensive lineman, but he just really didn't bring his hands to the, into the play. Yeah. It was really much more of a shoulder dip kind of get underneath the guard's armpit. And it was effective. He really did a great job minimizing the strike area he presented and got past the guard in a hurry, but it would have been nice to see him bring his hands into play more, be more consistent, really stacking and shedding. So I think that would put him in an even better position to make the play in the backfield. Last little bit, when you talk about linebackers, you obviously need to discuss an ability to defend the pass. I will say Parsons, if we're talking about a weaker part of his game, it would have to be his pass coverage. It's not a huge hole and a huge glaring issue with him, but I think that he could improve. Uh, I think that you see his drop and his hip mobility is very good for a linebacker. Linebackers are not typically very fluid movers when they're dropping into coverage, but I, I think in general, he could get a little bit better uh, analyzing the things in front of him. I, I don't think that's a, a, a deal breaker for me, but that's something that is just going to come with playing in a defense if he was playing under Patrick Graham that uses a lot of zone drops and a lot of exotic movements from linebackers on passing uh, coverage downs. We have to keep in mind, he isn't a industrial sized defensive back like Isaiah Simmons or Devin Bush. You know, some of these highly rated linebacker prospects we've seen come out in recent years who are really coming from the secondary down to 
the second level of linebacker position because they just got to be too big for the secondary. He's coming at it from the other direction. He isn't quite big enough to be a full-time edge or defensive lineman. And he does have the athleticism to play in space. He just doesn't quite have it all there. That's still a developing part of his game. He can turn and run with tight ends and running backs. He can cover sideline to sideline. He does have good range. It's just that putting it all together is something he still needs to do. We're going to discuss his pro projection. Before we do, though, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. To wrap up this scouting report discussion on Micah Parsons, Chris, I think it's not a hot take to say that Parsons could have an immediate impact in the NFL. I see him as a guy like Devin White, like Devin Bush, maybe like Patrick Queen that steps right in, can start right away, and be a, a vocal, impactful leader in his first season and take a step forward in his second. I don't think that's too crazy to say because of how polished he appears on tape and also for his positional versatility that he can not only play in the inside, but if a, a, a defensive coordinator like Patrick Graham wanted to move him around a little bit, he could play off the edge. Yeah, he is a very versatile player. Penn State plays him all over the place. They play him as a Mike linebacker, a weak side linebacker, basically a pseudo edge player you know, in a base defense, which the Giants are not in particularly often. I would say he would be like a weak inside linebacker. He would be a good compliment to Blake Martinez. Let Martinez be the downhill thumper and Parsons be the guy who just kind of does a little bit of everything because he has all of that athletic ability. He is so good at being able to disguise his intentions and he can match up on running backs and tight ends. So hopefully that wouldn't be a target for offenses anymore but just designating him a weak inside linebacker I think that that doesn't really capture all that he is capable of so Chris we also do have a, a lot of games coming up on this Saturday as you folks are listening to it is there any game in particular that you're going to be looking forward to for for week five of college football I th I think for me the one kind of have to look forward to is Georgia versus Auburn and for the Giants in particular, because they, they do still have needs in the secondary. You know, we don't know what is going to happen going forward with Sam Beal. DeAndre Baker is no longer on the team. It's kind of hard to see him coming back. 
Yeah, they've got one good cornerback in James Bradbury, but they could use another. And Tyson Campbell out of Georgia, you know, big, long cornerback. Eric Stokes is another one, a little bit smaller, but again, long. Two good coverage corners, and you know, the Giants fans might be a little hesitant to take a Georgia corner, but you know, both of them are good. And then Auburn always has good players as well. The SEC is back, and that is still a goldmine of NFL talent. For me, if I'm paying attention to some of the big games, I think uh, Pitt-NC State is an underrated one. You have Patrick Jones, who's a very talented pass rusher who could be an early day two type player. Paris Ford, ball hawking safety. Somebody who the Giants could possibly seek out because right now we know that they need a little bit of safety help. And then the other game too, uh, that being Auburn versus Georgia. The, the bigger thing I'm paying attention to, Richard LeCount is worth acknowledging for Georgia, but also Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz two very very fast receivers and I think we can both agree Chris the Giants right now they need corners they need defensive backs they need edge rushers and they could use some extra young receivers to develop and build on in the future so I think I think all those games there are are perfect ones if you're sitting on your couch waiting for your team to play folks flip on those games and pay attention to those guys that we brought up all right folks thanks for tuning into this very first scouting report episode on Saturday be sure to give us a follow at Joe DeLeon, at Raptor MKII, and also at Big Blue View on Twitter and Instagram. Also head to BigBlueView.com. <laughs>